Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only navigating, but thriving with the cosmic tides. My name is Amanda Poole-Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub, and I am so, so happy to be here with all of you, our beautiful Astrology Hub community. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, such a pleasure to be here with your favorite astrological weather woman, predictive astrologer, Anne Ortley, who is also a birthday girl. <laughs> I am. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday was my birthday. Yay. Yesterday was Anne's birthday. It Was it yesterday or the day before? The 11th. The 11th. Saturday. Saturday. It's just I'm, been I'm, one I'm big... Off, I'm off on days. I don't even know what day it is. One big birthday weekend. Birthday okay, weekend. I, I'm going to embarrass myself. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Okay. But I used to work at Tony Roma's. Do you remember that? When I was yeah, a teenager, I love that restaurant. Yeah. Yes, I was a hostess there and mm-hmm. all three of my brothers worked there and we had the birthday song I that know. we would do for every day. Everybody, you're going to sing for me? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm just going to embarrass myself, but I'm going to do it because, <laughs> Anne, you're worth it. Okay, ready? Oh, thank if, you. If any of you know this song, please sing along with me. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you don't know it, you can clap like everybody at the table does. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ready? Okay. Happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday ha, to you. Do we have a birthday here? Yes, we have a birthday here. Birthday where? Birthday here. Happy birthday, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday ha, to you. Yay, wonderful job. I love it. Thank now you. that is your Saturn and Leo. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Thank you. I had lots of practice. Yeah. I think we did that every single night in our like bright pink polo shirts with Tony Romas right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and good. just giving thanks for you and your life and just mm-hmm. celebrating you and everything that you have done in your life, every, everything that you are. And your your decision to be here with us. I'm just so grateful. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you for shining your light so brightly and just being on your path. You always look at the birth story, right? And so when I was born, my I was late. My father was in he was a doctor. He was an OBGYN, July and August. I'm in the graduation pictures from medical school. And it was a party. It was a Saturday. And my mother went into labor and she left the party and went into the hospital. And Dr. Geary came, dressed up as a pregnant lady, screaming. And my mother had been a nurse, or was a nurse, and she was like, oh, my God, I got a screamer in the bed next to me, right? (laughs) You know, so there was a little practical joke energy there, right? Uh And then I go into the delivery room, and now my father's not allowed to deliver. You know, he signed up for OBGYN in July and August, but the doctor's there. Come on, Mark, you can help. The room is lined with interns, because it was the first baby born to the residency The intern guys. So I was born into a party of doctors, right? They're baby doctors. You know, they were doing their internship. And as I was coming out, my father said, stop, stop. Let's make a bet. Boy or girl. (laughs) And they bet boy. My father bet a boy. And I was a girl. And so his comment was, the first thing you did was cost me money. Oh, my gosh. And I I have a Venus Saturn aspect in the eighth house. Wow. So it describes my chart. Parties, groups, doing eighth house things, uh, hopefully helping people learn eighth house stuff and and do not bet (laughs) if you don't know the outcome. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And teaching, right? Because there were a oh, bunch yeah. of students in their learning. So that They're was all your in their first learning. teaching yeah. moment. Yeah. My Jupiter, my ruler of my ascendant is Aquarius. It's conjunct Jupiter Uranus in the sixth house of working and Sag Midheaven is teaching. So I was, they were teaching me. And of course my father's in there with a camera. Oh my gosh. And my mother would never let him show me the pictures. She'd go, well, when you're 18, well, when you're 21, well, when right. you're whatever. Yeah. He wasn't going to show me the pictures of me coming out, but he's in there clicking away too. Oh my God. And of course that's the Venus Saturn trying the moon in the first. So my, my arrival was photographed, even though Saturn Venus, I never saw the pictures because my mother wouldn't let it happen. Wow. Yeah. Oh, your birth, your birth, your, your arrival on earth is described by your ascendant and it's how you begin everything. So you started this podcast with, okay, everybody sing. <laughs> <laughs> and off we go. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like your birthday. I love your real birthday. birthday. Yeah. yeah, perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Anne. Um, happy to be celebrating you today. And also happy to be celebrating the big success of the Goddess and Other Asteroids workshop like that. that we had part one of last week. Mm -hmm. And then the Q&A is today. We have part two this week and then Q&A next Monday. If you missed it, it is not too late to jump in. You'll have access to the recordings of part one. You'll have access to the recordings of the Q&A today, and then you'll be ready for the live uh, workshop on Thursday. Again, if you can't make it live, you'll get the recordings. But mm -hmm. I wanted to read one testimony that came in mm -hmm. for this, this course. This came in today, and I'm not going to say the name, uh, but she says, I just want to thank you for bringing the asteroid course to us. In one weekend, it has transformed me more than four years of studying psychology and 25 years of studying astrology has managed to do. It was like lifetimes of therapy sessions in one dream. I feel as if one weekend with the asteroids has freed me from the shackles of many lifetimes. I feel as if I have been reborn and you are my midwife. Thank you. And we just talked about me having my birthday arrival. Yes, right? we did. We did. Yeah. So and this is like one of the interns in the room who was learning so much from you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, it, we've had boatloads of feedback like that coming in. And I just chose that one. And it, is, it was actually much longer. I paraphrased it. But um, people just feeling so grateful for what they've been able to learn. So if you want to jump into goddesses and other asteroids and get this other layer of your chart that sometimes is really overlooked in astrology. Everybody has their path. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But this does definitely give you another overlay through which to look at the chart. So you can go to astrologyhub.com slash asteroids. That's astrologyhub.com slash asteroids. And is there anything you want to add to that before we dive into the, the weather? I, I would say, you know, we know that the, you know, we will, you know, people go asteroids. It's like plant, you know, I have a friend in, in out in Cleveland and he goes planetary dust, you know, and I'm like, you're an Aries. You like to argue with Virgos. What do you, what can I say? He's actually born right now, right by Rick Levine, you know, so Rick Levine always argues with me. So does this guy, Richard, Richard Smoot. Not in a mean way, just like planetary dust. But planetary dust is important. You get dust in your eye, you really notice it. And it also is archetypes. You know, these are the universal archetypes. So Carl Jung, in his studies, you know, looking at astrology, he cast charts for all his patients. His daughter was actually a famous astrologer. And he looked at it and he said, astrology is a psychology. And so when you look at the archetypes of the gods and the goddesses that your planets hang out with, because that's what we look at is you have all these asteroids out there but which are the important ones for you? Those are the ones that touch your planets and make them go, oh, in addition to being Saturn in whatever sign I'm in, 
I'm also bringing in the mythology of this energy. And when people find it, they get very excited. So somebody wrote me uh, and said, I, you know, I've been having this power struggle with my neighbor over the territory and the land. And don't I have the asteroid about territory and land governing tomato plants? You know, like I had to clean up the tomato plant. I was laughing. It was a really cute email. But, it, but she was like territorial. I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And it was on my Pluto. So I was obsessed with it. I'm like, mm. yeah, it's, but it gives you this, you know, what, what you resonate to, what your story is you tell yourself. You know, it's a really powerful thing to add in. And it also gives a lot of, you know, kind of a crystalline point. You know, we always think of planets as really characterizing things and it crystallizes them. And again, you know, when people go, oh, one of 12 Virgos, you know, you're like, no, this is not only that level, but it's even a more refined level of who you are, which of course, as a Virgo, I love hmm. because it's like, you know, big picture, next picture down, layered picture. So this right. week, when we do the archetype, we do the actual, how do you work with them? I think people will really find it interesting because I picked charts of famous people and I just did their four asteroids. And so we're going to go through those slides and you're going to be like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my, wow. because it's very powerful. Just, you don't have to look at even the planets. You just look at their four. We're just doing the four goddesses, the big ones, and what their message is about that person's purpose on earth. It's, it's kind of cool. So I would totally encourage and, and, you know, astound your friends and astound yourself like that woman that wrote to you did. Yeah. So. Yes. It's not too late. You can still join us, astrologyhub.com slash asteroids. And even if you're like, I want that class, but I'm not going to be able to get to it for a few weeks, that's fine. You'll have all the recordings. You'll have all the transcripts, the slides, yep. all the uh, PDF sheets that we create with the courses mm -hmm. um, available for you. So, yep. all right. And let's dive into the weather. What the do weekly we have weather. going this week? Well, last Friday, we had Venus go into Scorpio, right? And she's going to be in Scorpio through the end of the month. Um, and when she goes into Scorpio, uh, you know, she leaves her rulership, Libra, which she likes, and she goes into Scorpio. And I always, uh, I have Venus in Scorpio, so I can say mean things about it. Um, it's Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. It's hot sex in the elevator, but it's also, she can boil your bunny. And um, it also is Kathy Bates in Misery. And I love the Kathy Bates story because she was, when she dates people, they all, you know, invariably someone says to her, well, did you, did you see her in Misery? And so they'll bring it up to her and she goes, oh, you didn't see me in misery? And they're like, no. And she's like, you probably don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, curiosity kills the cat. They go off and watch the movie. And she can always tell when they've watched the movie because the character in there captures her character, captures James Caan and you, dirty bird, you know. And it's, it's such a Venus and Scorpio thing. And even if you don't like that, looking at her in fried green tomatoes when she drives the car into the girl's car. She goes, yeah, I have insurance. You know? So Venus went into Scorpio. We're going to watch the passions rise, not necessarily in an easy way. Venus is running all the Libra planets and the Taurus planets. So Uranus is in Taurus acting to Venus in Scorpio, right? So Uranus suddenly, and he's on a world point, suddenly he got a little mad and you mailed me pictures of people rioting in Greece. And I'm like, well, it's Venus and Scorpio. And it's also, there's a lot of Neptune. There's Mars, Neptune, there's sun, Neptune. So they're using fire hoses and tear gas, which is Neptune. But Taurus turned into a, Uranus turned into a Scorpio feel just for the month. 
But when he goes Scorpio on you, you go, whoa, Uranus, you're a little Scorpio. Mars in Libra, peace, happiness, nice. He's answering to Venus. He's like, all right, let's talk about stuff. Suddenly Mars is turned into an assassin. And then Mercury, also in Libra, he's going, I mean, you know, he's in his retrograde shadow. He's like, I'm going to tell you some secrets. So we released documents from the Saudi, you know, redacted certainly, but released on 9-11 uh, about the Saudis' role in. And of course, Michael Moore, Friday night, ran Fahrenheit 9-1-1 for free, worldwide copy. It's up for a few days. And of course, he was hammered when he did, that documentary got released. But he tells a story in it that Quentin Tarantino was the judge at Khan, and they gave him the award. And Quentin came over to him and said, I have never voted in my life. I am going home to vote. I'm going to go home and register to vote based on that movie. Hmm. And then he brings the mothers. There's two mothers in the movie. There's a mother that loses her child in cries and scenes. And then there's a mother who loses her son who's a soldier and cries. And it's these two mothers, Venus and Scorpio, losing their children. So there, you know, there's a couple of scenes in there where I was just sitting here. I watched it Friday night. This here crying away because this mother, her these mothers, two mothers, lost their children in that role. There's a statue up, in, I'm up from upstate, Syracuse, when the flight came over Lockerbie and crashed, there were a number of students from Syracuse University on that plane. And there is a statue on Syracuse University's campus reenacting the mother's reactions when they found out their children had died. Mm. And so whether they're like, oh my God, what they fell to the ground, they whatever they did, there's all these different mothers reacting to the news of the loss of the child. And so it's a very powerful, Venus in Scorpio is very powerful in her intensity. So we're entering a very, and I just want to warn people, a very intense this next couple of weeks because Venus is in charge and she's in charge of Mercury, telling the secrets, releasing the stories, telling you things you maybe didn't want to hear. She's in charge of Mars in Libra. And he's, you know, he and Venus can swap places so he can be in Scorpio, she can be in Libra and she can go very nicely. Well, let me just tell you what you're, let me just tell you what's been going on behind the scenes that you didn't know about. And then Uranus and Taurus, which is um, now he's in Scorpio, he's answering to Venus in Scorpio. So she went from being polite into not so much. <laughs> and so it's a really interesting shift. And when this kind of stuff happens, I always encourage people to go like, why am I suddenly so annoyed well, Venus is in Scorpio, you know, how you feeling like Glenn Close when she found out she wasn't, he wasn't leaving the wife for her, you know, and she went after the kid's bunny. I mean, it's very, or when Misery, when Kathy Bates character found out James Conn had killed off Misery and was letting her die. And she's like a Misery fan. So we had JLo attacked at an airport and Ben Affleck went, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. Right. We actually literally had one of our goddesses who's a pretty hot goddess. She's certainly a Venus and Scorpio kind of girl. And, and the fan came up and Ben stopped him. And then the guards came in and got him. So it's this very intense, passionate energy. And, you know, depending on how you feel about that, you know, it can go, well, you know, hot sex in the elevator with blind clothes. Remember that scene with Michael or Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct? Again, a Venus and Scorpio. And then also tense or triangulating. So I had somebody call, very upset because somebody told them something. I said, well, does, does it actually sound like something that person would have said? No. I'm like, well, maybe you want to check with them. Maybe you're getting this news 
to get you mad because Mercury's in his shadow, so he's playing tricks on us. And what's the motivation of the person telling you that mean stuff anyway? She hadn't thought about the motivation of the person telling her the mean stuff. Widen horizons. Now, with sun opposite Neptune this week, we can get tricked. But when you get tricked and somebody says to you, well, widen your horizons, why do you think they did it? Then that's the question to ask. Why do you think they did it? What do you think the origin story was? And of course, Venus went into Scorpio Friday afternoon and Michael Moore showed this movie. So I'm like, oh, Venus and Scorpio, what are the motivations? Like, you know, it's Scorpio is always about money and power and secrets and dynamics. And we have to kind of honor it. And, and I don't know how it's 20 years since 9-11 happened, but it is. You know, it was what made me become an astrologer because I was a little wimpy Virgo going, well, you know, a little more money in the bank and, you know, and then I'll be an astrologer. And then when my office blew up, I'm like, all right, you, you know, you can't, can't go to work anymore. Go be an astrologer, you little wimp. You know, and that was 20 years ago. And so that was the forward motion for me, you know, doing astrology full time. So, I, you know, we watch, we watch this energy. It comes in. It, it's not a storm cloud. It's an emotional cloud. And remember, when we're emotionally clear on things or emotionally upset, if we delve, and it's Scorpio, so it's got some psychological components too. We're going to delve into it and go, well, what is actually this about? And if we can do that dive, that helps a lot. Because mm -hmm. remember, we're going, we're going towards the full moon, right? Which is going to be in Virgo Pisces. Pisces always sees the soul. Virgo always sees how it can fix things. So this is definitely fixable. And of course, when we name a problem, we can claim a problem, we can work on a problem, we can solve a problem. So there's a very lovely energy resting underneath the swamp. <laughs> but we might feel a little bit like, oh my goodness, what? And that's important, right? So, Okay, so Anne, you're saying that because Venus went into Scorpio mm -hmm. and Mercury, Mars, and Uranus are all in Libra. In Venus ruled signs. So now they're all answering to Venus and Scorpio. And okay. somebody wrote me and said, when you say answering to, what does that mean? Right. And uh -huh. I went reporting to. Reporting. But I don't really I don't really like to say reporting to. I think of it as you don't you're not my boss, but I have to ask you permission. I have to go and say, hey, what do you think about this? And they say this and you go, okay, I, I hear you. I'm gonna answer to you. I'm gonna take your advice into consideration. So it's coloring everything. So the yeah. Venus and Scorpio is coloring all the energy of uh, those three planets, Mercury, Mars, mm -hmm. and Uranus, which is a big deal because those are, those are big ones. Mm -hmm. And with Mercury, this could mean, what you're saying is it can mean like secrets coming up from the depths, right? Mars, you're saying, you know, Mars and Libra is usually like a Very little more polite. thoughtful. Yeah, polite. He's a gem, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a general, but he, you know, he has to go to tea with the queen, got his muddy boots on. And he's like, you know, do I have to change my boots? Well, you have to wash them off. You can't go and have tea with the queen with muddy boots. Right. You know, so it's a guy going in camouflage to, you know, you know, to the tea with the queen. And, and he's kind of like, all right, well, queen's okay with me wearing mud on my boots. <laughs> right. Venus is in Scorpio. She goes, oh, did you just come from war? <laughs> he's like, I did. And so, so but now that, now that Venus is in Scorpio, it's a little sharper. Like you said, the assassin kind of energy or like the executioner, like it's a little sharper than it would normally be. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So if you and think then, of very scorpionic, like dangerous liaison or uh, the, um, the, the Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction or mm -hmm. those movies where the woman, and then there's this conversion, 
right? Yeah. So it's this looks good, but then there's this underbelly that's intense. There's something deeper. So anything that's coming up in our lives, it's like, don't take it at face value, like what it appears to be. Actually ask those probing questions and go underneath it. Some of the qualities you brought up were like territorial, jealousy, that deep, dark arrows kind of thing. And one of the examples you gave was of the, you know, the triage with the woman. You have someone telling her something that someone else said. And what it sounds to me is- Venus is, she, Venus is triples. It's, it's triples. Got a, well, Scorpio is an egg and a sperm get together and make a baby. Uh-huh. Tomato and lettuce get chopped up and make a cell. They can't go back. They go uh-huh. forward. So right. there's a transformational quality when they get together. Ah. And they're both transformed, but there's also an ending. There's also some kind of, remember Scorpio time in the Northern hemisphere is when everything has the killing frost and dies. Right. We're letting go. We're letting yeah. go. Leaves are falling off the trees. Yeah. The the example you gave of the woman, what sounds to me is there was a emotional response. She got hooked somewhere. Like they, they hit whatever was said, hit some sort of cord or nerve in her. She got emotionally triggered and didn't even question, like, you know, would that person really say that? You know, that, that doesn't really, or, and why is this person telling me that? So it's, I think one of the things I, I'm hearing is watching where that like hook that, that in us is. And instead of, I mean, that doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. It's actually an opportunity for us to do the psychological work that you talked about and go deeper underneath it and go, what's this really bringing up for me? Cause mm-hmm. it's probably not about the thing that it seems like it's about. No, yeah. that's the surface level. That's the Libra right. level. Right. Remember, Libra gets a lot of times they get a they get accused of being passive aggressive. You know, they want something, but they set it up in a way that you kind of look at and go, well, why weren't they just direct? Right. But with Scorpio ruling uh, that now it's it's got a little more aggression to it. Hmm. You know, it's you know, you're kind of like, oh, they're they're really aggressive there. Hmm. OK, it, hmm. it adds right. a little bit of a, a little bit of the sting of the scorpion. to Right. It. Yeah. Now Remember, yeah. Scorpio has five glyphs. He's not just the scorpion. He's the snake that sheds its skin. He's the dove of peace after war. He's the, but it could be like that movie where the doves got released at the aliens and they thought we were getting attacked and they, they killed us, right? So um, the eagle flying at 20,000 feet. If he's not hungry, he doesn't kill the bunny, but he right. sees the bunny and the phoenix who gets emoliated and turned to ashes and then rebirths. So it sounds like really embracing the um, alchemical transformative process. Yes. And yes. and inviting almost inviting it being okay with it coming into our lives seeing that it's there's those are all opportunities for us to transform something that's really deeply ingrained. And when we actually do that there's so much freedom on yes. the or peace. So the freedom of the eagle soaring, peace of the dove, that's all ours if we're willing to go into those depths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're also saying something about naming, working, and solving problems. So that's with the upcoming. Is the is the full moon? It's not this week, is it? Full moon's Monday next week. Monday next week. So we'll be but talking we're, about we're, that we're in the growth phase towards it, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're in the expand, you know, I always think expanding is going towards the full moon. Narrowing is waning. So we're in a waxing phase. Mm-hmm. Waning is narrow. So when we're in a waxing phase, we're growing in knowledge and wisdom. And remember that new moon in Virgo is very powerful because it trined Uranus and Mars trined Pluto. So that new moon that we had, you know, two weeks, a week and a half ago was like, oh, wow, you're really, you really want to get the work done. And so you're like, okay, I'm going to get the work done. And then you're going to run into people that go, "Mm, no. And then you're going to have to figure out how to 
how do I get around you? Or how do I, do I want to work with you? Or do I want to just kind of dart around you and do something else? Mm -hmm. So that's your choice. Like, how am I going to deal with Mercury retrograde saying, because she, she's Mercury in, in Libra says, well, there, you know, there's parts you haven't looked at yet because she's going to be retro. He's going to be retrograde through the end of November, not November, through November 7th. So we're going to have a retrograde. He's going to station at 24 and be retrograde most of October. And then he's going to go direct. So Mercury always brings us messages. But right now he's bringing us messages from Venus and Scorpio. So he's releasing documents about the Saudi arraignment redacted. You know, that's that energy, you know, like, well, I'll tell you, but I'm going to not tell you everything. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go, hmm, detective time. What do I, what's my little private, watch for your little inner private detective <sighs> pop up. My girls are obsessed with Nancy Drew. So it just, you know, last night we were singing the song, we listened to the audio books. So we, we got to tap into that inner Nancy Drew, who just stumbles upon mysteries to solve everywhere she goes. And then she goes, now what does that mean? Right. Yes. Yes. It's also your inner Anna, Langel Anna Lansbury, murder she wrote. You know, there's a murder. Cabot's Cove had a lot of murders, but she always solved them. Right? What I like about that too is is there's always an adventure with the with the detective. There's always an adventure. There's always there's things you don't know yet, and you're you're putting together the pieces of the puzzle. And I think that's helpful for all of us right now. It's like if we think we know, we can pretty much be sure that there's other pieces of the puzzle that are going to continue to reveal themselves. So we don't have to hold on so tightly to, oh, I know this is what's happening because there's still a lot more information to come. So yes. we keep that open-minded sort of detective, like, oh, we're solving the problem or the mystery. Then there's, there's a lightness we can bring to it. And there's that sense of adventure we can bring to it, which I know isn't always easy to tap into. But, but when we do it, it, it shifts the energy. It's like, oh, I don't know. And ooh, it seems like the scary, the scary monster is gonna win the game here, but but we're still in the unfolding story. Yes. Yeah. And and also uh, Venus and Scorpio is the deathbed confession, you know, where ah. I'm dying and I confess. Whoa. And you go, oh, what'd you confess? You know, or that, you know, that reveal, you know, you you open up, you find the secrets, you know. Remember Nancy Drew, the secret of the clock. The secret yeah. of the Black Widow. The secret. I mean, I I was a huge Nancy Drew fan. Yes, and um, and you know, and and she always was smart. She had a red roadster. She had her boyfriend Nick or Ned. Ned. And father, Nick and her father was a, her father was a lawyer, so she yes. would ponder things with him. So that's Libra. She would go and talk to her dad about it, and then she would go solve the. So if you haven't read Nancy Drew in a while, it's a good time to pick up your old Nancy Drew books to go. You know, I used to love Nancy Drew. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and we're each tapping into that inner we're, we're dancing into our inner Nancy Drew. Yeah. Yeah. The the girls and I always like reflect on it. And Nancy Drew's life is pretty perfect. Like really, I mean, she gets like near-death experiences all the time, but like never, never I, her life is, is really exciting. There's always something happening. It's it's fun. So I mean, it, I think viewing our own lives is that like we're definitely in some some intrigue and mystery and uh lots of things up. And so being able to shift that and be like, wow, this is kind of epic. Like, this is pretty incredible what we're living through and witnessing and experiencing all in this tiny little amount of time. Like, think about how much has changed since 2020. It's like, this is a condensed period of time of like, talk about transformation, like massive transformation. Okay. So, and what else do we have? We're, we're moving up to the full moon. We have all this Venus. We have the full, so we're exposing and seeing things. The light gets bigger. Uh, we have the sun opposite Neptune, which is uh, the 14th tomorrow. So that 
that helps you see past the fog. Sun trines Pluto on the 16th. So that's a positive, you know, we've had Venus, we've had Mercury, we've had Mars. So the sun trines and he and Pluto make a plan. That's on the 16th. Uh, Mercury, we talked about, and he's going slow because he's getting ready to retrograde. So he's adjusting his plans. He has a hard aspect of, he has a hard aspect on the 15th with the nodes of fate. So that's kind of a, do you want to be in this relationship? Do you want to be in this partnership? Do you like this person or not? And so there's an energy of now. And then he has an adjusting aspect to Neptune, you know, where he's trying to get a new perspective on things. And, and so he's forming a, Mercury's going to form a fast finger of God over this week and next week with, with, um, with Neptune and Pluto. So there's faded choices on the 18th. Venus has a hard aspect with the nodes of fate on the 14th. So she gets all riled up and then she goes to Mercury and gets him all riled up, which is why it's important when you hear something to say, well, what's your source on that? Or who, or why would they tell you that? Why are they, you know, I know they told you and you're all up, your knickers are in a twist, but why did they tell you that? What was their motivation? Now, sometimes they just let it slip because it's Mercury retrograde. So he's just telling tales, but other times it's done with deliberate purpose to get you to do something or to get you not to do something. So you want to watch, is it deliberate or was it on purpose? Like, what was the motivation? Scorpio, query the motivation and assume it could be this, this, or this. You don't know for sure. It's like when Rachel Maddow goes, watch this space. I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm watching this space. So watch the space because Mercury's got a story to tell us through the beginning of November. So he's going to give us some clues and then he's going to go retrograde and we're going to go back and put the clues in place. And then you're going to go forward. So if you saw the movie Sixth Sense, you know, when you get to the end, hopefully spoiler alert, if you don't, if you haven't seen the movie, don't like turn it off now. You find out Bruce Willis is dead. Well, of course, the kid talks to dead guys. And then you go back through the movie and you go, oh, he was dead. His wife was mourning their anniversary. He wasn't late for the anniversary dinner and she was mad at him. He was dead. She didn't see him. You know, like you went back and saw all the clues. Once you knew he was dead, it helped you revise the vision because you got the information to help you do it. That's the kind of stuff going on. And are we, are, we're in the part where we think Bruce, Bruce Willis is alive though, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're in the, we aren't, are, when is the deathbed secret going to come out? You know, when, when do we actually have more of that? And, and, end, of, end of October. End of October. Okay. And then we go back through and we go, they tricked me. Wow. Now, what's happened with with Shanahan or however you say his name, you know, now everybody goes, well, there's always a trick at the end, you know, mm -hmm. so they're sitting there waiting for the trick, mm -hmm. you know, eh, you know, but, you know, he does, he does good tricks. So with Mercury, you know, with Venus also has a square to Saturn this week. So she's in a little bit of a tussle with him and she's arguing with her dream. So this is a week when someone says to me, there's no way your dream can happen. You just do not listen to them and go do your dream. Anybody tries to throw water on your dream or tell you it's not possible, you just say, yeah, thanks for your input, not listening to you. Have your own vision. Mars this week has got a, a hard aspect to Uranus, and the two of them are having a power struggle, and that's also happening on the 14th. So you hear the buildup. The 14th is like big. It sets up a story for us to work with for the week. And then Mars goes into Libra on the 14th after she has this power struggle, and at that point, Mars is in Libra answering to Venus and Scorpio. So he's going to be very intense. And he's in, he's in Scorpio again for two months. He's in Libra. So the first part of it, he's answering to Venus and Scorpio. And then when she shifts into Sag, 
he's going to be more visionary. But right now he's going into private detect. He's being dispatched as a CIA agent to go figure out what's going on. And that hap- the dispatch happens uh, on uh, the 13th and the 14th, and then he goes into action. So, Anne, whenever you're talking about the planets as characters and these yes. little storylines, these aspects are alive in us, right? So there's, so there's, you know, it's happening in the sky, quote unquote, but it's actually happening within us. So notice these little aspects of yourself that are, are playing out these different stories. Yes. Yes. Okay. So in your case, your daughter comes in and goes, mommy, there's a thing going on at school. And you go, ooh, I think we look, we need to put on our Nancy Drew caps and figure out what it is. Right. And it you might know. not be what it appears. But yeah. it's never the character you're like, oh, it's that one. It's never the obvious one. It's always, it's, you know, there, that would be too boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, remember in Wonder Woman when Ares was that weird guy that was setting policy? And I'm like, he's not Ares, you know, but he was. <laughs> he was Ares. And then and she was like, okay, brother, let's get it on. It's your Wonder Woman, you know. But, you know, you're like, him, he's Ares. And he's like, yeah, I'm Ares. You know, and so, so it's the energy of where we get a little tricked. You know, this is one of those times where you get a little tricked. Well, and I You're, think the tricking, you know. it's noticing where and why we get tricked. We've, we've brought up two things today that I think are where and why we get tricked often. One is when we go into that emotional trigger and that wound and we aren't willing to look at it and really understand what it is bringing up in us, where we, we end up blaming someone else for it and not looking. So that's one right. place we get tricked. The other trick place we get tricked is thinking we know it's thinking we know what the answer is and then we get tricked there too i think just being aware of those two things this week would be really powerful really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and i you know and i i mean you know i do it i read a lot of people you know so i make an assumption about how something behaves right. so i was reading somebody the other day and you know she was talking about her child and you know i looked at his chart and i i um i happened to like his chart you know, I was like, well, this kid's really powerful, very strong, whatever. He's a Virgo. He's, you know, he's a good kid. And, you know, and then her experience of him was very different because he was oppositional. You know, he liked it the way he liked it. Well, he's running his moon Uranus and Aries right now. So that moon Uranus is I'm going to fight with everybody. But he's actually a really good kid once he realizes he doesn't have to fight with people. Mm-hmm. But right now, as a little guy, he's like, no. And his moon kicks off in fire. It's a fire moon. He likes to fight. But it also is, he doesn't have to live like that. And he won't ultimately. But when he's little, you know, so it's an interesting, it's always an interesting energy. Like, I'm like, oh, this is a great kid. And then, you know, and I told the story to her. Of I had a little, I have a friend who's got a pretty strong child. And when he went to, when he went to preschool, she got called in because he was biting. And, um you know, he bit kids. right? Mm-hmm. And so she brought him home and talked to him and he goes, well, mom, I only have to bite him once. And then I go, and they give me the toy. <laughs> oh my God. And she goes, what do I do with that? Just know this child is always one step ahead of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you always ask him why he did it. Right. Cause he's like, I don't have to bite him more than once. I just bite him once. And then I go, and just they give me the toy. Bite. Huh? A little yeah. warning bite. <laughs> well, you know, they know what I'm going to do. Wow. I have, I have a stepsister that pinches. <laughs> and she was little. She was a little short Taurus. And she would grab you and pinch your underarm if you were doing. Now, I met her when I was 30. 
and oh. she pinched me a few times. But I thought, my God, like you're a pincher. But you know, when she goes like this with her fingers, I back off. I just am like, you're going to pinch me. I'm not up for pinching. I am a complete wimp as regards pain. You know, it's not, you know, I always said, you know, torture me and I'll give up the secrets. But, yeah. but she's a pincher and she learned that because she had an older brother. That was the only way to get him to stop was to mm. pinch him. Mm. And so, you know, we have these coping techniques for a reason. And what's happening now is our coping techniques are being brought up for us to look at and understand the underlying motivation for the coping technique, because there is one. And that's wow. what Venus and Scorpio wants you to do is look, well, why, why is this happening? You know, what, what's actually going on psychologically in there to the point of the lady saying I had all that therapy and I looked at my asteroids and I figured out a heck of a lot of stuff about myself, you know, what, that. What, yeah. What yeah. she thought is she, she saw her shadow actually. That's yeah. the part. She was able to see these, these deeper motivations that were driving her that she wasn't aware of before. And so once she's, once you see the shadow, that's essentially you're putting the light of awareness on the shadow. It's no longer in the shadow. So it no longer can be running the show and you actually can act, you can start working with it. So there's so much power in that exploration. And we, I find that we really avoid it because it seems like it's going to be too scary in there. It seems like it's going to be too hard. It seems like it's going to be too messy, but there's, there's so much richness. Isn't, isn't this where like buried treasure would be too, right? Like, so there's buried gifts, there's buried treasure, there's buried power. And we, when we were little or whatever, we, we, we put it in a lockbox and we said, I can't deal with that. It's too much. It's too scary. It's too big. Or it scares the, or it scares the grownups in my life. Oh yeah. A lot, of, a lot of times the church, the parents, the siblings yes. pack, it, pack it in, but when it lives in the shadow, it has its own little unlived life. It's bumping around in the closet. Remember the Edgar Allan Poe Tory that, the tale of the telltale heart. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't hear, you know, the heart was beating. Right. And then you go the other way and you go me and my shadow. Right. You know, and yeah. you watch like a Fred Astaire movie where he's dancing with his shadow. It's understanding the shadow is cast by light against a dark and against a solid body. And then the shadow is on the ground. So when it's mm -hmm. noon, there's no shadows, but at the end, in the beginning of the day, the shadows are long. Mm. You know, and in New York, we always, when the buildings get put up, we do a shadow casting. Where are the shadows from the building going to fall? Because oh, it's going to affect the buildings in that get the shadow from the tall building. So shadows are good and bad, but when they're unexplored or unnoticed or not paid attention to, that's when they get a power. That's yes. when, they, when they can act up and you go, oh, but if you, if you look at it and you go, well, like who told me that was bad? That's me. Right. And I, if I, if I, I don't have to like that part of me, but I have to, I have to embrace it. So last week, I, my shadow was up a couple of times and I was talking to a friend of mine who's known me since 1980. She goes, I can just hear the glee in your voice about this. I said, I know I haven't, you know, I'm always good now. I never, I never get to be bad. And I, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm feeling like I want to be bad. And, uh, and she's like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. Now think about this. I'm like, I am. And I'm really excited about it. You know, so you want to kind of watch where that pops. And then you go, hmm, because that's, it's, it's part of us. We have to honor it. And we, you know, and then we can look at it and go, all right, I'll behave myself. But we at least have to think it, or we at least have to let it show up and go, oh, I know what you want to do. You're not going to get to do that now. We're going to, we're going to maintain. No, no, stop, stop. And, you know, 
Yeah, because if you don't look at it, then it's doing that anyway. It's come, it's seeping in. You know, it's just like uh, Christopher Renstrom posted. Christopher Renstrom, who does our weekly horoscope column, I know many of you you uh, tune into that every week. He posted one. He he posts those like old um, comic, yeah. the old comic uh, strip sort of ones a lot, and it was a Venus and Scorpio one, and and it was this man and this woman in this embrace, and they were. He was saying, "Let's do things." that make us embarrassed to look at each other in the eyes tomorrow. You know, it's like, let's, let's like do these, these things that we want to do, but then like probably tomorrow we're not going to want to look each other in the eye because we're so embarrassed about it, which is just, that's part of this energy though. It's like that, what you're saying, like that, you know, the, the bad girl things in there and, and, and giving them a healthy outlet, seeing yeah. them, but you know, not, not, allowing them to destroy everything unless it needs to be destroyed. Like unless it needs, and you're consciously wielding that power, right? You know, you're going, this needs to be destroyed and I'm going to destroy it because it's time and it has to happen, which is sometimes so, true too. Yeah. So think of the Grey's Anatomy scene where the Meredith Grey character gets yeah. naked with the guy. I'm drawing a blank on his name and they, they have sex and the, they, you know, they, she picks him up in a bar. She brings him home and has sex with him. Then she reports for her first day of office and he's her boss. Ooh. And she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> and he's like, hi. <laughs> and that's Venus and Scorpio, right? Mm, yeah. That scene, that, I mean, I love that. I love that scene, you know, because she was like, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, you saw me naked and I work for you, right? Right. Yeah. It seemed like it'd be fun and frivolous and light. And oh, God, this is going to get complicated. I was just a hookup in the bar. We got right. a little naked. I was having a little tension before my new job. And, <laughs> and now you're my boss. Oh, my oh, no. God. You know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, this is uh, going to be an interesting week, huh? It is. It is. It's fun. Yeah. So, what's the theme, Ann? Uh, the theme is do so well. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say. I'm going to. I'm going to say, do something you'd be embarrassed to tell your mother about. <laughs> or do okay. something. Do something you might think. I was raised Catholic. You do something you might not want to confess to the priest. Oh my gosh! Wow. I, I, we're going to be sending everybody out to do this thing. <laughs> Well, it's also, it's just recognizing the passion is strong, mm -hmm. right? So when the passion is up and you see somebody being very passionate, you just go, there's a living example of Venus and Scorpio. So yeah. I do encourage you to kind of look around and see, you know, the living examples of Venus and Scorpio. I mean, Jennifer Lopez looking really hot, attacked in an airport, Ben, gallant Ben, whoa. I mean, they had security, but he's the mm -hmm. one that defended her watch for, you know, and they were like, the knight in shining armor came to save him. And no, yeah. So we watch for that passionate intensity in good or bad ways. And so that's, and, and that, again, remember living astrology, we watch the astrology when it, a story hooks into your consciousness, it's your story. It's somehow working with you on a deeper level. So when you're paying, like you were somehow tuned into Greece, I haven't been paying any attention to Greece. You texted me I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a, that's, but that was Venus and Scorpio. It's got, so we want to kind of honor, we kind of want to honor that energy and appreciate it from, you know, from the perspective of the passion invite, invoked in it, but also to recommend, recognize because it's in its detriment, it can be a little harder. Mm -hmm. Venus is a little harder. Uh, Charlene yeah. says, uh, be naughty. Be naughty. Okay. <laughs> be naughty. That's cute. Cute way to say it. Okay. And then what would you say is the intensity scale? I think it can be pretty high. Yeah. Because Mar Mercury's slowing down. 
revealing. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, oh my goodness, I didn't know that moments this week. So mm -hmm. depending on how you feel about those. Now, truth be told, if you look back, you got the clue. Yeah. But now you may have the reveal and go, oh, now I, you know, because there's something where you kind of know about it, but you don't want to look. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, you got to look. Well, and, so, and don't, don't shame yeah. yourself when that happens. You yes. know, a lot of times it's like, oh, I should have known. How didn't I know? And then, you, you know, people, we can be really hard on ourselves, but mm -hmm. it's like, well, you didn't know because you didn't know. And now, you know, now, you know. And now, now the picture looks different and that's okay. You don't have to shame yourself for not knowing before. Right. And the other part just to be careful with as working with other people is because Mercury is answering to Venus and Scorpio, you can say things to people that unveil something from them. It, it, un, it helps them see something they hadn't seen before. So I'm always careful with Mercury and Venus in this kind of configuration because I have a Mercury Mars square. So I know I can say things that can reveal things to people that they can be upset about. Hmm. So you want to come in and be conscious of, you know, where you're, I don't know the right word for it, where you're, where you're going to communicate something to someone that they don't know. This is, this is the week of unintended information too, hmm. where somebody says something to you and you go, oh, I didn't know about that. So you're saying um, if you are in a position where you could be revealing information that for you, like for someone that's going to be one of those, oh God, like that's a huge revelation. Be kind. Like as much as possible, be kind in your delivery and then compassionate for the experience that they're going to have after they have the information, because it's, it's going to rock their world a little bit. Well, because remember, you're going to drop a little bomb in their world, right? right? Yes. And so you're going to, you're going to do it in a Mercury and Virgo. Well, don't you, didn't you see this? Right. You, you didn't pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And now that you see it, now you have to figure out what you want to do with it. But then there's also the, um, the companion piece where you know information and the other person doesn't know it. So I got an email from um, somebody who recently found a relative on the internet. The, the, actually, the relative found her. And her sister is a little bit like mad because she's friendly with this woman, right? And like, now you don't need me as your sister. And it's like, um, no, it's like, but, but, you know, that was what was said. So how do I react to it? But there's that little Scorpio. You know, it's that territorial thing again. Oh, it's very territorial. Ter jealousy. Yeah. Very territorial. So right. when you feel your territory, because Venus and Scorpio is like, this is mine. The opposite mm -hmm. sign of her is Taurus. And she's now, Uranus and Taurus is now answering to Venus and Scorpio. So Uranus and Taurus just got territorial. Mm. He just got territorial. And so he's like, I've been talking to you about this. Now I'm making you pay attention. Mm. Yeah. I'm yeah. getting weary of this vaccination conversation, right? So yeah. you're kind of like, ooh, Joe, what happened to you? You know, so people have different reactions. I was like, ooh, Joe, look at you. And this other one was like, all right, don't tell me what to do. And I'm like, same Lots, space, yeah. different reaction. Like oh, everybody, God. you want to watch where you're reacting, where you get triggered, all important, go delving in it, you know? And if your boyfriend calls and says, honey, I think you need to stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you're okay with whatever those. Unless you're okay. Are. When you're like, yeah. ah, and so yeah. this is also one of those times when this is one of the, th these, these weeks are the weeks when people say something and it's recorded and they release it on the internet. Mm -hmm. So this is when, you know, we get sex tapes released. This is when we find out, uh, you know, they, they said this behind closed doors and then, and everybody sees it, you know, it's one of those weeks. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's big reveal. 
get you all riled up, figure out what you want to do differently. You know, it's that kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So we've done a lot of actually, we've done a lot of summarizing as we've gone along. I mean, it's like, and, and the theme this week is really clear. Like we were able to really just like hone in on this Venus and Scorpio thing because it's coloring so much of the other aspects and things that are happening. So it's like, that is definitely the overarching theme. So explore where that's coming up in your life. And, and look at your Scorpio house because she's going through it, right? Okay. Look at your yeah. Scorpio house. Also, there's something about the 14th. So keep your, like circle that number on your calendar, the 14th. This is um, a big setup for the storyline that you're working with. And you're talking about some faded decisions on the 14th and the 18th. Yeah. But both of those so dates. This is when Nancy happen. Drew gets the clue and she goes, huh. Ooh. And the 18th is when she opens the door and she goes into the room. All right. So they're connected to each other. They're both big dates to circle and just pay attention to the storyline that's coming up for you. Mm -hmm. And don't listen to dream squashers. That's what I wrote down. Anybody who's like, you can't do that. You're not capable of that. That's not possible. Don't pay any attention to that. That energy's up, but you don't have to listen. Stay right. focused on your vision, what you have inside of you welling up that you know is possible. You're the only one with the instructions for how to make that actually come to life, by right. the way. And, and also because Mars is the last degree of Virgo, we're a little more prone to criticism, right? Because it's at the last degree of Virgo, so it's kind of hearing it a little more intensely. And Mercury is answering to Venus and Scorpio. So it's hearing the criticisms stronger, right? And so that's where we can get a little derailed by listening to the criticisms rather than saying, I, I hear the criticisms, I hear the, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to focus on the vision because mm -hmm. that's what I want to focus on. Mm -hmm. Like I get your criticism, but I take it and I raise you. I take it and I raise you. I love that. It also can really have such an emotionally triggering thing for us. So again, that's going to be your opportunity to be like, okay, that person criticized me. That person said, I'm not good enough that, that I can't do it, that I'm wrong, bad, whatever they said. Where in me do I still believe that? Where in me do I still feel like that little child cowering in the corner going, no, you know, I am good or, or maybe you're right. You know, so finding that place in you and embracing it, like you said earlier, like embracing it, loving that part of you also, but not letting it rule the show anymore. And, and also, turning, yeah, turning to the Virgo planets and asking them, well, how would you improve it? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So Saturday, my assistants wrote a play and she had the preview opening, right? And I get down there and I'm in the front row with my other Virgo friend who, whose birthday is in a couple of days. So we're sitting in the front row. So, you know, and I've seen a few staged readings of it, but this is like a performance with an audience and whatever. There's a scene in the movie where they, section in the play where they drop a bunch of balloons mm -hmm. onto the stage. Well, they're on the stage now. And as the characters move around, the balloons move. So they're all coming to the edge of the stage. So I'm a Virgo. I'm sitting there with my friend who's a Virgo. And we're like, what's our job with the balloons? <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Should we push the balloons back on the stage? <laughs> Should we let the balloons fall off into the the orchestra pit in front of us? What, what, what's our job with the balloons? Mm -hmm. And the two of us were both kind of like going like, and I, I said, you know, it's really not our job to worry about these balloons. She goes, I know, but I'm worried about the balloons. So you want to look at how you can fix it. Hmm. Right. You know, we yeah. want to look. And so as we were leaving the sound and effects, people were having a meeting and, and my assistant Rose goes, Oh, they're the sounds and effects people. And I said, well, you know, when that balloon popped due to being in the heat, when they had the kiss, 
That was really effective. So you should keep that, that even if that balloon doesn't pop, somebody backstage should pop a balloon. Ah, yes. It was very effective because then he kissed her and then the balloon popped and he turned around and kissed her again, right? So as I'm leaving, I said to those guys, keep the balloon pop during the kiss. It was very effective. <laughs> Virgo helping. And so the Virgo planets, when they want to help, you know, they want to help, they want to make it better. So you say to them, how do I make it better? You're criticizing me or you're critiquing it, but how do you make it better? You know, and I was there, oh my God, I got a job with these balloons. I'm like, where do I get a job with balloons? But they're coming at me. Mm. You know, do I keep, should they stay on the stage or they just fall off? I don't know what they should do. So when you want to kind of, when you get that criticism, you get that energy coming at you go, is my responsibility to deal with this? Or do I have to, is there another way I can handle it? Yes. Right. And so that's where the Virgo energies, they get this opportunity to decide if they want to or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they want okay. to do it or not? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And thank you so much. And we have so much to work with this week. I hope you're all tapping into that inner detective and you're going on some adventure and we're going to find some secrets and we're going to find more pieces of the puzzle. And speaking of last week, I talked about the tortoise that I found. What happened? Um, to him? He found a home. Oh, and okay. it, it was from a family who had lost their tortoise four months earlier, the same kind and they um, they were so thrilled. They already had the whole like setup for the tortoise, like everything was perfect. Mm-hmm. So they had it all. I mean, it's a very unique pet to have. Like you definitely need to have your space set up. And so they they had all that set up. Someone said, "Why don't you just bring it to the ocean where it belongs?" It's like because it wasn't an ocean turtle. It was a tortoise. Like it was, land, like, it was a land desert. turtle. It was a desert tortoise. Like it's it, and it was on a one lane road. I mean, it was it was definitely a dangerous situation. Going to get run over by a car. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. So we um, have found it at home. I know many. Hey. Of you were, I know many of you were concerned about it, and uh, we named is- him Thomas the tortoise. Thomas Sophia the tortoise. And I okay. have many different name options, but we named him Thomas the tortoise, and he has a home. So. Hey. That's good. All right. And, like that. Yes, exactly. And for those of you still interested in joining the goddess workshop, the goddess and other asteroids, it's time. You'll you'll get the live Q&A today. You'll get the second part of the workshop. You'll get the second live Q&A and you'll get the recordings of everything. So you will not have missed anything. Mm-hmm. And that's astrologyhub.com slash asteroids. And the Q&A is at three o'clock. In Easter an hour, today. In an hour. And you can yes. tune into the Q&A and it won't you know, you buy yeah. it now in the next hour, you can queue into the Q&A and then you just have to watch the thing on Monday. Super or, fun. Or once yeah. on Friday, Thursday last weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody so much for being here. And as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We will catch you on the next episode. Hi there. This is Amanda from Astrology Hub, and I have some exciting news to share with you. Our beloved Anne Ortley is offering a series of workshops on the myth, magic, and power of the goddesses and asteroids in your chart, and you're invited to join. If you're curious about how to interpret the impact of asteroids like Eris, Juno, Ceres, and Athena, as well as the other thousands of asteroids in the sky, you're going to love this workshop. It's happening live in September, and you get access to the recordings and course materials for life. Go to astrologyhub.com slash asteroids to learn more and join us today. That's astrologyhub.com slash asteroids.